1: Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. Oh man, the playoffs are in full swing. There's so much incredible stuff happening around the NBA. So much to talk about. And Keith, you know, I I know today this morning been kind of a rough morning for you on, on, on social media and just everything's been going on. And so let me let me give you a little pick me up here. Um, so before we dive into all of our topics, last night. For the first time ever i had a caller come in to my to our call-in show uh and it was my dad the the first time that i've ever had and my dad is 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 just like with with you just celtics fandom is a generational thing for you lakers fandom is a generational thing for me it was the first time ever that i had uh my dad in the what eight plus years now that i've been doing this actually come on the show and, and talk and it wasn't planned or anything like that i was on the show live and then next thing i know there his name popped up as (laughs) as somebody trying to call into the show and i and i clicked him in and he chatted with uh, with sean davis and i for for a few minutes and uh and then we moved on with the show but uh but it was it was a cool moment for for me to get to have uh have my dad on the show to talk lakers basketball
2: that is very, very cool, man. That that's awesome. Don't uh, don't look for my dad to pop up here anytime soon. He would not. He's not uh, suitable for uh, TV. He doesn't. We would lose our clean rating a hundred percent. Was on the show. I I let a a naughty word slip uh, last show. I think it was that's right. And, uh, you know that that we'll try to keep that from happening again. And uh, I'll save those for you before and after recording. Um, but yeah, my dad wouldn't make it there. So you guys ought to settle for the dogs. With
1: I'll have curious. to, uh, maybe I'll, well, I'll install awesome, a leap button or something. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. You may have to,
1: <laughs> but anyway, it was, it was a cool moment and just one of those things that I think I'll, I'll remember that. Hey, yeah. My, my dad got to come on the, the show at some point. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah,
2: that's really cool. Yeah. Really,
1: really cool. Anyway. So there's so there's a positive before we get into, unfortunately a, a negative story to start off the, the show. Uh, uh, Torn meniscus. Um, this, I don't know exactly what the recovery timeline is. But we were not, we were just talking before we went on the air, though, about this, maybe this bleeds into next season. Kawhi Leonard's body just doesn't seem to want to play professional basketball right now. And that's unfortunate. Obviously, the Clippers were eliminated uh, last night by the Phoenix Suns for one uh, series. And um, you can only imagine what series we might have gotten had both sides been been fully healthy.
2: Yeah. had both, both teams had their guys. I think we might be looking at one right
1: now. I think right. Like Kings
2: warriors. I think we're all probably in agreement has been the best first round yeah. series. It might've been this one. Cause these would have been two teams just, you know, filled with star power going back and forth. And yeah, it's just a bummer that we didn't get it right. And we're, we we're, we're not going to, and I, You know, it's funny. I made a promise to myself, and then I repeated this on a couple radio spots uh, yesterday, but even before the game was played, because even if they had won, I felt confident Phoenix was going to win the series. And what I said was, I will not buy into picking the Clippers to be a finals team next season. I don't care what they do. I'm just not going to do it. You know, I mean, now barring, uh, you know, I'm getting a whole bunch of veteran dudes on the minimum, like, you know, building a, a 15-man super team. But that feels almost like the only way they could get there because they just can't stay healthy. You know, and that's, that's the, the killer part. Now, the injury part of this, torn meniscus are weird, right? Sometimes guys are back in a matter of weeks. Sometimes they're back in months. It can take a long time, you know, for these things. And given Kawhi's history and knowing how, They've been so careful with him. My guess is we're probably going to see him pretty limited to start next season, and then we'll see what that looks like for, for the Clippers as they go. Paul George, I imagine, will be full go at the beginning of next year. So we'll see. The last thing I want to say on this one, too, is Clippers got to stop messing around with these injuries. You you knew this was it. You knew he was out. Some people are saying it's gamesmanship and all these kind of things. It's just you got to be transparent. I don't even care about the gambling yes. aspect of it you got to be transparent with the injuries. You owe it to, to the fans because the other thing is we didn't do it here because it's not how we do business, but Kawhi got killed on social media, on many um, of the talking head shows. There were written pieces of he just doesn't care enough, he doesn't want to play, and all these things. Well, the dude had a legit torn meniscus. Like, no one's playing through that. Of course he was going to be out. They, you did your player wrong here with this. And I get it. Kawhi, he probably never saw it because I don't think he does anything on social media or anything like that. But it's just, yeah, it's just wrong. You just can't keep doing it this way.
1: I'm I'm so glad you brought that up because that was one of the talking points I wanted to get into around this. And I also want to, don't let me leave this topic without talking about what this means for the Clippers, there's a lot of chatter out there about does Steve Ballmer continue to tolerate this or do they make sure. a big move this summer? So we need to get into that. But how problematic is this? That And look, I really enjoy that the NBA is not the NHL. It's not the NFL where an injury report... It's not soccer where an injury report is players sustained a lower body injury. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the injury report or literally out of MLS and, and soccer in general. You'll get the player picked up a knock in yeah. training. What the hell is a knock? Yeah. You got to give us give us something yeah. a little more specific than, yeah. than that. But the NBA in general is pretty transparent. Hey, this player, the Aaron Fox has an avulsion fracture. He's going to try to play through it and, and all of this. Right. Um, This is now twice that this has happened with the Clippers where they play the game where Kawhi Leonard is hurt. They know he's done, and they act like he might come back and play trying to get a competitive advantage. Now, we also saw – this is not necessarily out of the ordinary in terms of like we saw the Grizzlies, right? Didn't want to reveal anything about whether or not John Morant was playing until they had to, you know, right before game time. But this is – this isn't like a, hey, this guy's hurt, but it's not an injury. It's going to keep him out forever. This is a, hey, this guy's out, out. He's not coming back. We know he's not coming back and we're going to pretend like the injury is something else and just not reveal what it is. How problematic is that? And I hadn't thought of it from the player's perspective of Kawhi gets, gets destroyed for a week in the press. And then it turns out that he's, that he's really hurt. Is this, I mean, the gambling perspective is part of it, but is this something the NBA needs to address?
2: I I, I think so. And I, like I personally don't necessarily really care about the gambling aspect of it. I, you know, if we really got deep into it, I wish that I think I tend to think so few people can do that responsibly that I worry about, you know, that getting more and more tied into sports and just in our culture in general, but that's a whole other, you know, topic of conversation, but the reality is the league has tied itself to gambling quite a bit, much like the NFL has as well, right? They're, they're now actively promoting every, I don't know if there is a single commercial break during the playoffs where you don't get an ad for FanDuel or DraftKings or somebody, right? So what What I think here with this is that's going to be what will ultimately tip this is like something's going to happen where somebody's going to be like, well, wait a minute, this caused a huge problem, one of their their core partners, that's when it'll change. But it'll cha- if that's what it takes for it to change. I'm okay with that because then it changes for the better. It allows us to do our jobs better because we would have spent less time knowing like right, that series is over, like he's not coming back. It doesn't matter, you know, what happens, you know, here in the next game or so, like it's over. They're they're done. Um, I also find it very weird. They were very open about Paul George. Like they yeah. left it open right up until the start, and then they're like, Yeah, he's not gonna play. Like in this series, like he's out, you know, for the first round, and maybe if we advance, you know, we'll readdress them. Why they've done this twice now with Kawhi, you know, maybe it's because they know he doesn't care, right? No, not doesn't care about playing. I want to be, want to be very, no, very doesn't
1: clear. care about the back. Care
2: about if they share his you know injury status or not. Sure. Um, you know that's where I think it's um you know I I think it's maybe that's why they they feel like they can do it, but yeah, it's it's not a good look for sure. Um, you want to move to what does this mean for? for yes. The
1: yeah. Let's talk about what, what this means sure. for the Clippers. Cause like I said, that the conversation is growing of, this is four years now. I saw somebody put the stat out there. I wish I could credit them, but that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have appeared in together in 40% of the Clippers games in four years. Do You want to hear the
2: other like crazy one. Yeah. I, then I got this from Zach Lowe's podcast. I think it was Zach who said it. It was from the time the Nets built their super team to the Clippers building their super team. They had a combined something at that time. It was like four or five playoff wins.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's crazy.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. Right? So
1: yeah. So if you're Steve Ballmer and money grows on trees, right? Maybe it's less of a concern than it would be for a different ownership group here. Sure, but money's no problem for him (laughs) so maybe he's more tolerant of this than another team would be but nonetheless your your return here can't be great you can't be feeling good about what you've got here in four four years now and you don't have a lot to show for it but i think complicating this situation is while people say maybe it's time to make some drastic changes you're also opening a new arena and do you want to open that arena in the middle of a teardown probably not mm-hmm. so what do you do if you're the clippers this summer i think you just have to run
2: it back and hope for the best right and and you know hope for the best And unless a trade comes its way that gets you out of this which is highly unlikely because i don't know how anyone could trade for Kawhi or pg right now um you're probably just Gotta gotta hope hope for the best. And you know, maybe you know, you catch lightning in a bottle, they're healthy when it means, you know, when they need to be, and off they can go. I'm gonna throw, throw a question at you. So don't don't go look at their salary sheet. Okay. How much guaranteed money? And for our purposes, I'm gonna give you a little hint. We're gonna count Eric Gordon's 20 million or so as guaranteed oh. money because I think he's gonna be back. How much guaranteed money do you think they have on their books for next season? I'll give you another small hint: they only have two free agents, Mason Plumlee and Russell Westbrook. Every the other thirteen guys are all under contract. One
1: hundred ninety million. You're
2: pretty close. One hundred ninety-eight point two million.
1: And guaranteed that's pretty close down. I was going between 190 and 200 I'm like <laughs> yeah. I know it's it's up there yeah. because it's you're like right right on it man it's crazy like we're, you're over the cap guarantee you're over the, you're right. into the you're, tax guaranteed you're, you're, you're,
2: you're into the super tax you're into the other yeah, super tax the, the super
1: guaranteed, guaranteed. yep yeah. and do we know for sure if that super tax is kicking in this summer well oh, part of it's a two-year are. phase in right yeah.
2: parts of it yeah there's a there's a phase in coming parts of it are like like they will not have access to the taxpayer mid-level that seems like that is coming like this coming right. season. Um, some of the, the, the further penalties, like the draft pick stuff and some of those other things, that's probably going to be the next year, like, like after this coming season. Um, but the tax pyramid level I believe, and we'll do a show when things slow down a little bit. And now that we're getting close to the first round wrapping up, maybe if teams can close out series, like you're supposed to at home in five games, um, it didn't happen. Stupid Celtics. Um, if you we move on we'll do a show where we really break down the cba stuff in detail we'll get into all of it because there's there's a lot with that but they're going to be up into that super tax realm here's i'm just going to throw numbers at you now like this is what's on the books paul george and Kawhi matching identical contracts 45.6 million each the next highest salary gordon which i think you just Guaranteed and keep him, because at this point it's only money, right? And you can't replace him, even if he is slowing down. $20.9 million. $18 million for Norm Powell. $17 million for Marcus Morris Sr. Then you get into the, the more of the more mid-range contracts. Nick Batum, $11.7 million. Robert Covington, $11.7 million. Terrence Mann, $10.6 million, because he's got that extension that bumps him up avica zubac 10.9 million none of those contracts minus gordon probably morris are truly bad contracts. right
1: that's what i was thinking as you're reading through that i'm like there's one or two of those that's actually a bad kind of but most of those aren't yeah, terrible it's bad. just the accumulation that's of
2: exactly it that's exactly it it's it's that once you pile up you know eight guys making between 11 and 20 million. And then you throw on top of it, the dudes who make, you know, 45 million, a couple guys there, that's how you end up with a $200 million payroll. And that's before I'm guessing they're going to do what they can to bring Mason Plumley back. Cause he was really effective for them, played really well. and was a good backup for Zubach. And they're probably going to try to bring Russ back. Problem is, I don't know what they're going to bring I, Russ back one. Yeah. Cause I don't, I, as much as we've kind of, you said like he's not the guy he was i don't know that he's a minimum player next year and i don't know that they're gonna have anything else to offer him
1: he's been he was good for them you know if you look at his stats they actually i was looking at this last night they're actually very similar to what he did with the lakers but the difference was he his shooting was much more efficient and i'd have to dig yeah. deeper to see is that the clippers have a, a much better shooting team than the lakers did that created more space for him or yeah. is that just he happened to be to shoot very well for a 20 game stretch you yeah. think it's the latter there I, I, think so. well? I think so i
2: think I think there's some noise in his Lakers numbers when he played without LeBron and AD or played with only one of them because I think he took a lot of not great shots because who else was going to take those shots? Sure. And he's not, he's not Durant or LeBron, who are you know, two of the all time good. Uh, good bad shot makers right like like they could take contested light clock jumpers and knock them down all the time He's not going to really do that uh yeah. That often so it's that's I, I my guess is if we really dug in we'd find That's where some of that noise is but yeah, but I think we're both in agreement He's not a minimum player at the no. very least You know, he's a tax mid-level guy at the you know, bare minimum and I think probably more than that
1: yeah, and that's so if the taxpayer mid level does not exist for this Clippers team, what do you and I and I think actually for, for Russ, his best option might be to stay with the Clippers just if we set yep. aside the money, yeah. Um, particularly because he would get to stay and play, and I think that he's he's found a bit of a, a fit there and everything, but I, I don't see how they they pay him. So I know this is kind of turning into a Clippers post mortem <laughs> here, but sure, but what do you I don't know what that's gonna So What look I would like. do
2: if they you know hired me tomorrow to run the team. Yeah. I would find one of the cap space teams and I know it sucks to be out even more picks as you're finally starting to get into them. But I'd see if I could move on from a like Robert Covington, like one Mark of those Morris. guys, just get that salary off my books, get me under the super tax line enough to give me the taxpayer MLE. And I'd resign Russ. Cause otherwise you're filling the point guard spot with a player on a veteran minimum. Cause that's all you'll have. And they're not going to be as good as Russell Westbrook. Like that's just the the reality. You, You know, you're you're now looking at the Ish Smith, Reggie Jackson, Corey Joseph type guys, and that's not good enough to start. And if you're not gonna be confident that you can have Kawhi and PG on the floor, who's gonna initiate your offense? Right? Someone still has to get the ball up the floor and get you into your stuff. At the bare minimum, Russ can do that and he can do a whole lot more. And I fully Say that recognizing if he tries to do Even more than that it can be damaging Like I get Mm -hmm. that part of it but Yeah this is it's 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 Really really tough and now This is exactly what the NBA wants in the new CBA Right they want you to be forced into Hey you can't just spend your way Out of every decision you cannot just continue To do this another Likely option is they pile a couple of Those salaries together and go try to Trade for a player who can fill that point guard spot, that that on ball spot, and just try to make it work that way. So maybe that's what we ultimately see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it, this is this is tough, man. They, they have their work cut out for them this summer.
1: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they how things go about. I mean, obviously, this uh these new CBA rules are gonna make things very tricky. And they're supposed to. I mean, the the Clippers yep. and the Warriors are the two teams that are very clearly in the crosshairs here with the new rules for the NBA and uh and how they navigate this. He's yeah. going to be interesting. Same thing for like
2: Dante DiVincenzo on the, the Warriors, except yeah. at least they have the the little bump of they have his early bird rights so they can offer him that on top of it because he's already on the roster. So not saying that will be enough for him, but at least you have that. Uh, having – or not early bird. They have his non-bird rights. But having non-bird rights on a minimum guy does you nothing. You know, does you no good. So I
1: it's, I, I need to ask you this too. Um, and i may wind up cutting one of our other a uh, couple of other topics that we can save for tomorrow because i want to i've been wanting to, to talk about this too um i think it was john hollinger who went through some of the things that would no longer have been possible had this season been played under the new season's nba rules in terms of trades and uh and the the whole situation with with being able to uh, teams who are into the super tax as we're calling it not being allowed to sign players off of the buyout markets so like the entire Russell Westbrook trade situation would not have been none of it would have been possible um yeah yeah there, yeah, yeah definitely yeah. we talk we talk a lot about unintended consequences from changes and when i look at how many trades have happened in the last year that could not happen under the new rules that are coming i wonder could an unintended consequence of these new rules that are coming in in the new cba be taking away from the trade market, limiting the trade market further, which I think is it's part of the reason why the NBA is so popular is because the off-season trade chatter and and even in-season trade chatter is such a a thriving marketplace and topic of discussion. Could the NBA be going too far and actually shooting themselves in the foot a little bit if teams are now going to find the trade market too restrictive or will teams go the other way and say, hey, We've got these new restrictions, but we're going to be creative by doing this, this, and this, and we're going to find our way around it.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to
2: threats you could miss. Plus, with a US-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't
1: have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on
2: identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Initially, it'll be the first one, but it'll very rapidly turn to the second. They, they, this will separate the really smart teams from the not smart teams. And we'll see that very quickly. There will be moves made that will be done around the idea of, hey, we just got to get, you know, moving on this. Quicker. We got to get ahead of it um with, with some of these things. And that list of stuff that couldn't have happened the KD trade to, Bro- to yeah. Phoenix would not have been one of them. Malcolm Brogdon to the Celtics likely yeah. would not have been allowed. I mean, we, we're not going to spend a bunch of time going through all of them, but basically, most of the big trades for the teams that are way over the tax would not have happened. Jay Crowder to the bucks wouldn't have been a thing. Um, deal with that. So here's what I think is going to happen. So, in this will. Phase in over the next couple of years As all these things will But let's say it's a guy like um, I'm, I'm trying to think of a good example here But uh, I, I gotta find a, a good one Who's close. Let's say it's Mason Plumlee, Okay. Huh? Mason Plumley's Full bird rights on him He makes nine million this year Clippers Because bird right stuff doesn't change They could sign him to whatever they wanted to This summer Okay what if the Clippers say, hey, we're so screwed with these penalties. Let's say we all agree Mason Plumlee is what, a $12 million player now in the new world of the NBA, probably in that range, 10, $12 million. What if they say, hey, we got to make him a $20 million player. So then we have Mason Plumlee to use as salary matching in a trade because we can't add more than we send out. So what we do is we overpay guys because we can, because we're the Clippers and we have the money. And then we use him as, yeah, we all know he's really a 10, 12 million, but now we can go get a 20 million player because we have him. That's the kind of stuff I think we're going to see happen where it's going to be, let's give out bigger contracts to a handful of these guys, knowing essentially we're turning them into a walking trade exception. Like that's what we're trying to do because I can't be stuck trying to match. Cause remember in the new world, it's going to be, you have to match dollar for dollar i'm right. um, on the trades it can't be i sent out 15 to take in 20 it's going to be i sent out 20 to take in 20 and i think that's how we may see some of the team teams get there there's only a small handful who can afford to do that but i think we may see some of that
1: so kind of similar to what the orlando magic did this last summer with gary harris Mobamba, creating yeah, kind of like play- players who were they had the second year non-guaranteed on their deals and yeah and all of that, and that made that made it so they they didn't have the ability to to block a trade, the, which which that's going away too. But
2: yeah, well, I mean, that's already kind of sort of not yeah it, yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff that's changing with the you know no trade and the bird and all that right. stuff. If they lose them and everything with that, but yeah, I think this is one where we're gonna definitely see uh, teams will get very creative in what, and some will be like, man, that's a crappy way to treat a player. Well, yeah, until that paycheck cashes as a twenty million dollar exactly. player on the first and fifteenth every month. Like then you're like, okay, worked out okay for me, right? Like I'm right. I'm I'm good. You know, I you know it, this is fine. So that's where you know I don't, you know, it's I don't like treating players truly as just trade uh chess pieces, but I think you have the ability here. The smart teams will get super creative on how they do some of this stuff.
1: And and I think there's a difference too if it's if it's upfront. You know sure. what I mean? Like, yeah. like it's one thing if you're selling Blake Griffin on, you're going to go <laughs> down for uh, as, as the, our franchise player in history, yeah. your jersey's going to be up in the rafters and, and all of this kind of stuff. And then, oops, we're trading you four months later <laughs> yeah. compared to, Hey, we're signing this deal. Everybody's on the up and up. Your agent knows, you know, there's a, you know, there's a decent chance that we trade you on this contract, but you're going to be getting this much money out of it. And, when it's more upfront like that i i don't have as much of an issue
2: completely agree yeah
1: you are everybody gets you know what you're getting into right?
2: yeah exactly and, you, and it's kind of one of those things where hey you know what you signed up for yeah right it's, exactly you know, you're you're there so yeah yeah it's 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 going to be fun to monitor how teams figure this out like i said the smart teams will figure it out faster than, than everybody else will
1: all right so keith our our first topic for the day it almost took us through the entire show, but but it, it did. It, it just kind of naturally branched into a lot of different uh, different elements. Now really let that done. serve as the Clippers
2: off-season preview. There like, you go. Look, there's one number one in the book. Check,
1: check that one off off the list. Um, okay, so the, well this will be be much quicker. Otto Porter Jr. Uh, picked up his his option. Not a surprise. That was expected. Um, Coming off a completely lost season. Yeah. Yeah. Who What's his coach that? will be? We don't know. But yeah,
2: yeah, that's true. And this we, we knew he
1: was going to pick this up yeah. lost season out due to injury the whole time so hopefully he gets back he can be healthy but i mean now this is the new the kind of news that's going to start popping up though yep. that some of these decisions are, are going to be made some of them might wait until the last minute to make decisions on them teams are going to have to make some decisions as well but mm-hmm. this was a no-brainer here's the good news for for the raptors and you know raptors fans
2: if you're you know want to go that direction he is now trade eligible at the draft. He would not have been trade eligible at the draft had he not done this um, because you cannot trade a pending free agent, which he would be until that option decision was made. Now that that option has been picked up, that's $6.3 million of salary matching that the Raptors could use in a draft day trade. I'm not saying I expect them to do that, but they can. And they wouldn't have been able to otherwise, and it just gives you a little more clarity going in, even if you expect it. And like for me, that's what I projected, so I didn't have to change anything with their outlook or anything like that. But it's it's just it's always good to have that clarity, you know. And you're getting it two months almost ahead of when he had to do this because I think I reported on this, but I think his date was was June twentieth, if I remember correctly.
1: I mean, you knew what he was going to do, so Sorry. at least now you've got the, the certainty there. Just for uh, some we should.
2: People- Sorry, just because some people right. do ask, the the two earliest option dates that like we we know of that that's out there. Um and you can see all these are all on spot track. If anybody's ever interested, you can check all this stuff out. Uh Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr., June 15th. So still, you know, roughly a month and a half away. Um, those are the two guys who have the two earliest option dates um, that, that are out there. So we're probably not going to see a ton more of these um, over the next you know, month even, because generally guys do it very close. But in this case, no brainer. Let's just get it done. Well, let's all move forward.
1: All right. Uh, we do have a couple of award winners. Yeah. Larry Markkinen gets most improved player and Paulo Bancaro. Gets rookie of the year. I don't think there's a big surprise on either one that they got they got these awards, and and I think both guys are very deserving. Paula Bancaro, I think, was indeed the best rookie in, in the season, and Lowry Markin. Man, I mean, he was fantastic, especially in the early going when the Jazz were surprising everybody, and they were I think they were the one seed in the West at, at one point. Yeah, at one point um, yeah, obviously, that's not how their season ended up, but uh, he had a, a tremendous season and certainly made those trades that the Jazz made this this offseason look that much better that hey we got this guy that's 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 fantastic so yeah i mean both of these i'm good with
2: this is what larry markinen did last year so with the calves last year Mm -hmm. and fully owning that he was in a less you know starring role but 15 points per game i'm rounding all these 15 points per game six rebounds uh shot 45 36 87 shooting splits this year, 25.6 points per game, 8.6 rebounds. He shot just, he barely missed a 50, 40, 90 season, uh, basically 49.9% from the field, 39% from three on 7.7 attempts per game too. And then 87.5% from the free throw line on six free throw attempts per game in 66 games played and was really just shut down at the end because the jazz were, going in a different direction let's just say absolutely deserving of this award a lot of other guys could have shared Yildress Alexander some others sure. could have been in there but and had an outstanding season
1: so when I look at these I think yep the marketing and was was fantastic and it's part of the reason why I think jazz fans should be optimistic about their future not just marketing but the other things that you know all the draft picks they've got now um to play with as well but he was tremendous uh was it still the right like do Cavs fans feel worse about the trade now? Like they, uh, they feel like, see, oh man, we gave up the playoff series. Yeah, we'll see what <laughs> happens. we like week or <laughs> see what <laughs> see, we'll see how they feel there. That's a good point. Yeah, uh, and yeah, then- no, I I don't
2: think so. I I I think you still feel pretty good, right? I mean, you still have Donovan Mitchell, like. And- sure i know it hasn't been a great run for him now if danny ainge starts turning these draft picks into guys like Jalen brown and jason tatum uh in utah then all of a sudden it's like what did we do right we traded marketing and you know all these great players like draft picks like but i don't think the Cavs would be quite that bad and shouldn't fall quite that far but didn't think that about the nets either and then we get how that whole situation went
1: you never know. Uh, and then Pelo Bancaro getting Rookie of the Year again. That that makes sense. I thought he was tremendous this season. Um, and still, I, I don't think anybody. Maybe it, I hope it happens, but I don't think anybody's going to top the draft they swerved that Orlando pulled in taking him <laughs> number one awesome. overall. That was that was phenomenal stuff. But and then he had he proceeded to prove them right. Like, could you imagine yeah. if like Jabari Smith was the best rookie like by far this season? Could you like imagine just the Sure, the feelings in Orlando would, would not be good because that was right. oh, it's gonna be him, it's gonna be, and then suddenly it's Paula Bancaro. Um, but nonetheless, Bancaro was was fantastic and is uh so far has proven the magic right in, in their pick.
2: Yeah, 20 points per game, seven rebounds, three point seven assists. At one point, he was at some level, and maybe this finished it. Whereas like it was like him and LeBron for those you know numbers, like as rookies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's pretty good. I know his shooting efficiency was junk, but I mean, he played h- over half of the season with no guards. Like, and I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, they had no guards for large chunks of this year in Orlando, where there was like, it was Bankero and Franz were literally playing the one and the two, uh, Franz Wagner, that is. Um, you know, only Franz, as I like to call him. Um, so it is like that's like. You're not gonna be super efficient if you're having to create everything. Now, maybe the assists will go down a little if he doesn't have the ball all the time and those kind of things, but you know, for the most part, yeah, I think we're we're in a spot where this is uh you know, very, very deserving. That's no slight on Jalen Williams, the the wing Jalen Williams, who is awesome from Oklahoma uh-huh. City and I think will be a great, great player. And um uh Walker Kessler, who had a great year for the jazz. Um, speaking of the jazz again in trades, oh, yeah, uh, and you get Walker Kessler basically becomes like, a, not defensive player of the year level, Rudy Gobert, but pretty good. And, and you still have all those draft picks coming like that. Talk about like, yeah, we feel pretty, pretty good on that one.
1: Okay. So that, let me ask you this. Forget the draft picks. Sure. If you are, let's say you're starting a team right now.
2: Walker Kessler, you don't even need to finish the question. I, I, okay. Yeah.
1: I was going to say Walker Kessler on his contract or Rudy Gobert on his contract. It's Walker Kessler, and yeah, then you get all those, picks. Yeah. yeah, and then you got all the picks on top of that. That is unbelievable, Un- unreal yeah. for Utah, yeah. I, it's yeah, it's not even
2: close. I mean, he makes like 117th or 120th of what Gobert makes. Like, that's you know, done, 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 done. Let's move, 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 keep moving, and then yeah, wow. and then you get everything else, yeah. Good times, let's. Incredible. I mean. I know, you know, he he's not with with my team anymore, and he was with the team you hate most in the world. But I think we all can say Danny Ainge is pretty good at this. Oh <laughs> he's, yeah, he's pretty good at uh, at uh, tearing a team down and giving them everything they can to to rebuild around.
1: Yeah, and, and you know what, Danny Ainge has become less of a of a swear word around Lakers fans <laughs> since the trade deadline. <laughs> uh for for whatever reason so so yeah there's uh there's that there's (laughs) that as well but yeah so i have no problem giving him giving him his flowers for an amazing offseason for that man. all the draft picks and good lord who knows what they're going to do even i'm getting excited already for draft night because my gosh i think there's going to be some fireworks
2: yeah i think so too i think anytime you have a a um obviously whoever lands at number one is like, yes. I turned my phone off. I deleted my number. Like I canceled my subscription plan. Cause I am not taking a single phone call about trading number one. Cause it's Victor one and we're done. We're moving on. But every, I think everybody else is like, Hey, let's talk. Like let's, let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's, it really does start to flatten out quite a bit after that.
1: All right. Let's finish up with this. Emi, emeo Oduka to the Rockets. Uh, winds up becoming their coach. We talked about this the other day about how sometimes uh, these teams that are getting out ahead of it before a lot of teams are eliminated from the postseason, they're able to if they find their guy, uh, sign them and, and say and, and move forward. What what do you think about this hire for Houston? I think it's interesting, especially when you compare it to what they were rumored to be maybe
2: doing with um, Nick Nurse. I think what this does is this gives you still the optionality if you're the Rockets. If you hired Nick Nurse, you're basically saying it's either James Harden or we're getting some other guys. We're we're pushing this forward. We're trying to win. Nick Nurse is just he's probably not coming into a rebuilding situation where he's growing a whole bunch of kids and making them work. Udoka, you, you can split the difference. You can say, "Hey, come in, bring discipline to our our young roster that really desperately needs it." You know, let's try to build these kids up and go. Or you can pitch it to James Harden of, "Hey, we hired the dude who two years ago was coaching in the NBA Finals." Mm-hmm. Um, when it gets into the whole suspended, then ultimately whether well, it was fired or just parted ways, however you want to look at it from the Celtics that point of view with this. I'm a big believer in second chances. He didn't murder anybody. He didn't like, He didn't even commit a crime as far as we know and have been told. And Adam Silver came out and said when the NBA did their own investigation, there was nothing to block him from getting another job. He basically was, did something you can't do in an organization, and he got fired for it just like we see. I mean, it feels like every day, major businesses, this happens with somebody. It's not excusing the behavior at all. it's important, should not have done what he did, but it doesn't mean you don't get second a second chance. You get a second chance to prove you learn from it and that you're gonna figure it out and go. So, you know, good for him. The Rockets got got a heck of a coach. You know, they 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 did well with this. And I think this signals it's all still open for them to do whatever they want to do, but they maybe are a little more content to let's keep growing with the kids if we need to moving forward.
1: Does this matter at all for the Celtics? I don't recall off the top of my head if they officially parted ways with him or if he's still under contract or what, how did that all result? When
2: the whole stuff came up with the nets, the Celtics at that time, I'm, I can not remember if they officially released. I don't know. If it was like, or like they said it, but it was basically, they made it known, Hey, we're not going to, if anybody wants to hire him, go ahead. Like, we're not going to hold you back from it. And I think the idea was then if he gets hired by the Nets, everybody just wipes their their hands of the situation. And it's like, we don't have any stuff. And then shortly after that, the Celtics it was right before the All-Star break. They um, promoted Joe Missoula to the full-time, removed the interim tag. And it was announced then that they had parted ways with okay. Doka. Like the The suspension part was over, but they were, like, it was done. He was no longer a part of the organization. No sense of he would be back either. So
1: right. so yeah. no real ramifications there then. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to add one quick
2: thing if I can, mm-hmm. and I'll make yeah. it very quick. Early entry candidate list came out uh, from the NBA. We talked about this the other day, just kind of dates to watch um, that, that deadline was the 23rd to identify as an early entry candidate, 242 players, much like you and your, your salary cap, uh, guaranteed money, uh, prognostication ability. I was pretty right on in the middle. I said, um, I said that they, they would have, uh, um, about somewhere between two and 300 players would declare as early entry candidates. So 242 players. Uh, what happens now is college players under NCAA rules have until 5. PM on Monday, June 12th, uh, to, to, uh, withdraw from the draft, all players, uh, you know, um, I'm sorry, not that's, um all players is Monday, June twelfth, five PM. NCAA players are Wednesday, May 31st. So I I Mix those those dates up So Wednesday, May 31st for college players So roughly a month from now uh, Guys will be able to go through the draft combine Get a sense of where they really stand uh, In the league and those kind of things And then they can still withdraw and return to school And that's why this number is so big now Because so many guys They go through at least a little bit of the process yeah. Get a sense Sometimes they get feedback from teams of like Hey, you really got to work on your off the double yes. shooting Or you got to work on your strength Or you know, ball handling Or your defense or whatever it is they get that feedback and then they go back to school and get to work on it So and there's some guys who are on here very clearly because they've already a handful of these guys have announced Like this is not only am I transferring this is where I'm transferring to Um, it, it is now in a spot where um, you know some of these guys that's exactly what this process is for them They're just coming out to, to see what it's like and get gather some feedback and go go from there So that that's really where we're at
1: Right, right, and so that that list is going to be chopped down significantly, and then of course only sixty players get get drafted on, uh, yep. on draft. Uh, so. Daniel, how many it is this year? It's only fifty-eight. Fifty-eight, because yes. yeah. who was yeah. in the lost picks again? Uh,
2: Chicago and right. Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Miami had already lost there. Chicago couldn't last year because they didn't have a pick. They're only losing theirs because they get the they got the pick from denver if i remember correctly um to do, do a, another deal so they yeah they get the denver pick which they're forfeiting and then philadelphia is forfeiting their own pick and then philly will also forfeit next year's pick too because they were fined to uh, fined or uh, punished by losing two draft picks so
1: and it's it's way too valuable to do it now but part of me wants to go back to the days where there were like Way more than two rounds of the NBA draft. Sure. And people were drafting like their friends and st- stuff like
2: that. <laughs> yeah. That, that used to happen in Major League Baseball all the time. It would be yeah. like, you know, somebody would draft somebody. And every every once in a while, that person would like turn into somebody. Like, they'd be like, holy cow, they're actually okay. I we, We're not going to get into it. We'll, we'll save it for tomorrow's show because yeah. I want to talk about Portland adding a G League franchise yes. and we'll spend time on that. I think there is a chance if the G league becomes what the NBA wants it to first step, obviously you going to have 30 um, affiliated G league teams. I think there's a chance they may add a third round to the draft with a condition of third round players must spend, you know, X amount of games or days or whatever in the G league, because then it's the more players you can put in the G league that are affiliated to the NBA team, truly attached to that yes. NBA team, the more interest we'd have in the G league, right? Cause it's now look at it. Like, like I would get Jonathan Isaac. Went and played a ton of people watched The Lakeland Magic G League games Because it was hey I want to see You know, Jonathan Isaac play. So that was obviously a unique injury recovery thing. But if you had a kid where it's like, man, I kind of liked that guy in the draft, and now he's spending the whole year in the G League, people will tune in and watch you on occasion with that. And that's how you beef it up a little bit. I I think they'd like to be kind of what major league baseball is, where like everybody knows who their team's like top two or three prospects are. If you're a hardcore fan of that team, I think they'd like to be able to be like, hey, remember, we also got you know Trevor Lane down in the G League, you know, dropping 25 a game on folks junior high three-point shootout champion
1: (laughs) i so keith that that brings me full circle my my dad on the show last night got asked to confirm by by our live chat got asked to confirm that i could actually shoot the basketball that i was that i was a shooter and i just did a piece all about how malik beasley needed to lose his minutes for (laughs) for the lakers and that was the player my dad compared me to
2: that's funny so (laughs) your dad said you have no place in the lakers rotation as well he said (laughs) i
1: was very streaky as a a shooter (laughs) Um,
2: my dad's scouting report would be he could shoot he could pass as long as he didn't have to be on the move and he's not entirely wrong I was i was uh (laughs) undersized and not a very great ball hander i could really pass i was kind of Maybe, but maybe it was subconsciously because he was one of my favorite players. I was like NBA Arvidas Sabonis, but like oh, there a you foot go, foot and a half shorter because I was like very small. And but I like to just stand there, stand still, and like facilitate the offense and occasionally shoot it myself. Not a kid, I like to shoot a lot. I, <laughs> I, I, I was a little bit of a make it a rain. back in the day. Yeah, I was. I I I, I would. I, I didn't turn very many down. Probably should have, and I maybe would have played more, <laughs> but I, I did not.
1: <laughs> the itchy trigger finger of Keith yeah. smith I out like there shooting. on the floor
2: okay you can't score if you don't shoot and the I name of shoot. the game is trying to score points so.
1: according to michael scott you miss 100 of the shots you don't yeah.
2: take yep. right wayne gretzky michael scott
1: <laughs> michael jordan well, i don't
2: even remember how that goes
1: yeah uh, it's funny <laughs> All right, All right. We're, 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 we're going off on a tangent here. So let's wrap things up there, but appreciate everybody for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office Show YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications. And of course, go follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever Put it is you listen to podcasts. That's right. Put those reviews in. We sure do appreciate it. Till next time, everybody. See you and stay safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early,